0: This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Hey everyone, good afternoon. Welcome to Tales from the Pros, and this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. Our unbelievable guest with me here today, has inspired millions of people around the globe through his YouTube videos, books, famous TED talks. He is also a global leader, influencer, and one of the most well-known motivational speakers and self-help authors around. Please welcome the amazing Sean Stevenson. Sean, thank you so much for being with me here today. I really appreciate it, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I know, uh, I know we spoke before. I know you're, you're crazy busy and, uh, like I said, I'm really humbled uh, and honored to have you on. So uh, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really appreciative of what you're doing for
1: this planet. Awesome. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so, Sean, you know, just to kind of kick things off, you know, I've been following you a long time and a lot of people even in my company and just even my friends and family have been following you and it's crazy. I was even, be, you know, had the opportunity to even interview you. Um, and, you know, with all that being said, I love your content um, and your messages are—they're just so inspirational, to say the least. Um, and I, I just love how you talk about happiness and joy and and just living a purpose-driven life. So, kind of to kick things off, how did you really find your purpose um, and and kind of get you get you to where you are today? So it's a
1: evolution. I don't want to cause any misunderstanding for the listener mm-hmm. that I just sought out my purpose and clearly found it under, you know, the television one day and,
0: you <laughs> yeah. know, and,
1: and just put it on like a, an, a baseball cap and went out into the world. It was, yeah. it was more like in stages, you know, and uh, I, I found my calling in terms of getting uh, my voice out into the world. When I was younger, as a speaker, I was asked to speak to a high school about what it's like to have a disability. When I was Mm -hmm. younger. And then that grew from speaking to high schools to colleges to companies and hospitals and prisons. And it just kept going from there. And, you know, the purpose side of it all has been honed by having really good mentors. You know, I had a mentor about seven years ago that sat me down and he said, Sean, why were you born? And he asked that question, why were you born? Probably close to a dozen times until I got to the root that I was born to help rid this world of insecurity. The very Mm -hmm. thing that I think causes a lot of our heartache and problems in life. And so I've been honing that I continued to work on my purpose and I'm finding that my purpose is expanding that it's more than just being a speaker and a therapist and an author. It's it's now branching into uh, comedy and movies and uh, television and doing doing more to get my uh, I would just say my energy and and love and information out into the world and not feel that it has to show up in one specific way and does one specific
0: group yeah I know makes sense so it was it kind of like a as you as you matured you got older did you you um, Kind of feel it just it just kind of happened, you know. Some just happened in life, or do you felt it was it was really like a destiny type thing? Uh,
1: I don't think it was uh, any one particular thing. I think that there's certain elements of maybe destiny that is in play there. There's uh, maybe some certain element of chance, but I also think uh yeah. that in my core when i answer that intuitively uh i think it was my pursuit as well my desire to listen because we all have callings that come from within to you know how many people do you know that has an idea to invent something but then they never go out and patent it and then they see it a few years later and they're pissed off why didn't i do something <laughs> about that idea i had that great idea and then yeah. they get upset well we're are all getting good ideas? We're all getting that calling from within to say, "Hey, you need to, you need to create this project. You need to help this group of people. You need to be exploring this part of the world." We all get those internal callings, but not all of us have the the uh, the follow through to actually go do something on that calling. And I think my career and my life has been listening to the calling and stumbling and bumping my head and falling down continuously through the process of a, of going
0: in the direction
1: of where that calling is telling me to go.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, even like with me when I was younger, I, you know, I was bullied for like 15 years um, and not physically, but verbally bullied in school and i was just never treated well and even even through college man it's crazy and but i felt like with me when i listen to a lot of your content inspires me because when i i feel like man you know how i found my my purpose and really what makes me happy and and what made me execute is because a lot of what i went through in my life i felt like it sounds crazy saying this but because i was bullied and because of the things i went through i felt like you know Man, for people to treat me that way, I'm doing something right. <laughs> you know, for me to to be treated that way, it's like, man, I I was I was I was just good to people and I was kind and and I used that kindness and I used my, a kind of the the humility factor of it to to enable me to start my business and and that it's it's pretty cool. So I I love I love what, what you're talking about and I I, I definitely see how um, I, you know, I put myself in a lot of your audience's shoes and I, I see how you're helping so many people and that's, that's pretty amazing, Sean. I, I really love it. So I know you talk about, uh, you know, a lot about happiness and, you know, with that, with that being said, happiness means something different to everybody else. Um, so in your thoughts, what, what do you feel, what do you think happiness really means? How do you find happiness? Or is it just,
1: happiness? I think there's. There's uh, two kinds of happiness. I think there's happiness that is derived from uh, a state of being. So like Mm -hmm. meditation and spiritually connecting, like being present um, brings brings an element of happiness. And then there's happiness that comes from doing. And that's actually like the pursuit of the dream, the pursuit of perfection, the pursuit of not perfection, but you know what I mean, the pursuit of better in yourself, the pursuit of growth and progress and yeah, progress. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's important to have both types of happiness. You want that happiness that comes from, hey, you know what? I don't need to have any achievements to feel worthy of love. And I don't need anything other than just, you know, listening to my own heartbeat and just breathing and listening to my own breathing and just being present like there's a level of happiness that comes from being and then there's that happiness that comes from like you know what I'm gonna get out of my bed I'm gonna go after my day I'm gonna write down my goals I'm gonna read my goals I'm gonna hit the gym I'm gonna pursue the difficult learnings so that I can better my mind my body my business my 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 world, I can embed and better my world. Um, and so those types of happiness being and doing, I think that's how I see happiness. I don't see happiness as some kind of magic that eludes, you know, that just kind of like, uh, shows up out of nowhere. I think it's either because you're being conscious about your being, you're being conscious about your doing, or you're being conscious hopefully about both.
0: So you, you really mean that, what you really what, I, what I, I'm interpreting what you're what you're saying here is that it's really about being in the moment like embracing the moment. so even the good times that that we go you know that happen in our lives and the struggle the obstacles, I think just embrace it like you said be in the moment because I've noticed that with me and that helps a lot. I'm sure you get that
1: Sure I mean being being mindful to what is actually occurring. I mean yeah. most people think that you can only be happy when good things are taking place, like when when good things are happening to you. And that's actually not true. Uh, You can actually be happy even during difficult times or times that others would say are horrible. You know, like uh, if you ever attended a funeral, you know that if that person has a, a peer group and family that loved that person, the eulogy will usually make people laugh and smile, not just cry, because even in the darkest of hours, like the loss of somebody we care about, there's still beauty present and there's still amazing experiences that we can embrace. So I think that being present, and also don't get me wrong, I think that a lot of happiness can come from that progress and achievement. You know, I. I am very meticulous about tracking my uh, self-care and my business care and I got to say I get a ton of happiness out of checking off every single day when I've done something on my list that I know Certain that I know yeah. needs to get done. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's always seeing, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's it's that's why it's good to have they say uh, um, a, a lot of these people a lot of the um, I noticed a lot of people say they, they'll put down, they'll ha- have tasks in the morning for them to complete because it shows, Hey, like I I, can't, I, I finished these tasks. So it's like a sense of completion, like a sense of it just, it's empowerment. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Momentum. Yeah. And I'm sure you get this a lot, right. And, you know, I, I think you mentioned this briefly before that, you know, everyone, uh, I'm sure a lot of people, they, they see you seem like such a, a happy, purposeful man. And everyone thinks you're happy and living this amazing life. But, Well, but what are kind of the some of some of the biggest fears sean that you you know you had to overcome or or some of the fears that you even have yeah sure so some of the fears that i had to overcome
1: is uh that i would never find romantic love that haunted me for the first 30 years of my life um you know i i i was in pursuit of it but i i think deep down inside i was scared well what if this doesn't happen for me what if i don't find that partner that i get that love um that was a big fear i had to overcome and and the irony is i had i found the woman that i married when i finally made peace with living the rest of my life single and you know that's how the the magic of the universe works is you can't fully have something until you've made peace with not having it and that's you know the buddhists call it attachment and attachment causes suffering right so there's, there's that component. That was a big fear of mine, that I wouldn't find romantic love. I had, I had a fear, uh, at times I would have fears that I wouldn't achieve uh, a lot of business goals. And, yeah. and what's amazing about business goals is, like, if you find the love of your life and, you're, and you get a, uh, into a relationship, you have to work at it. Same thing in business. Like I'll set a goal, I'll achieve it. And I have this part of my being that says, I want something else. I want more. I am I, I, in pursuit of the next thing. And so uh, sometimes it's the fear that uh, we're not going to hit that number or we're not going to get to that level in the business. And then we do. And I have a new goal. And so then, so sometimes it's uh, I'm driven sometimes by my fears that like well what if we can't do this and then uh, I have to face that fear and make peace just like I did with not finding love I have to make peace with not hitting that business goal and and by pe- yeah. peace I don't mean like giving up it's just detaching um, some of my fears now uh, man I work so hard on <laughs> not letting my fears uh, get to me. I, I think I have more insecurities uh, than fears. And and the difference is a fear is a, a, a outcome that you don't want to have happen, right? Yeah. Um, an insecurity is a an aspect of who you are, what you have that you feel is not enough. And I definitely, I struggle more
0: with insecurities than fears. Yeah. So sometimes you'll feel that you may not be enough. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Sometimes I feel like, yeah. you know, I, and that's, I usually get into my insecurities when two things are happening. One, I am obsessing myself with other people's success. So I'll, I'll compare myself to somebody else in my industry and and, and that mm-hmm. will just weigh on me and grade on me that, that I'll be like, Oh man, I'm never going to be as aggressive as a Gary Vaynerchuk or a Tony Robbins or I'll yeah. never be as uh, popular as a Wayne Dyer or a Deepak Chopra and then uh, what, what's ridiculous about that is that I don't need to be anybody but myself and that's what we all have to remind ourselves of is you don't need to be anyone else but you and you need to just be the best version of you. I was listening to an audio just yesterday when I was working out by Jim Rohn, the 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 late Jim Rohn, he um yep. he he said it doesn't matter whether you make a hundred thousand, ten thousand, or a million dollars a year, if that's your max and you did your best to get it, that's amazing. And the challenge that you can get in is you can start beating yourself up by saying, Well, I don't have all my goals achieved yet, so therefore I'm a loser or therefore I'm not, you know, persistent enough or I'm not smart enough. And, and when you start getting into that trap, it really can start robbing you of energy. And so that's one of the things that I do is I'll, I'll get into obsessing with comparing myself to others. So I got to knock that off at times. And then the second thing is, it's, it's when I'm not clear on doing the best with my physical presence. When I am not on top of my health and fitness, You know yeah yeah. i begin to slip into all kinds of negative darker internal uh insecure voices that tell me i'm not good enough and when i am in great shape and i am taking great care of my body i find that i have so much more power over those voices
0: yeah yeah Yeah. no i mean you you definitely hit the spot man with regards to like insecurity i think all that kind of comes together with becoming a happier person is is not is just kind of worrying about yourself. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. Obviously, it's good to care for others, but what I mean is like exactly what you said is, is not comparing yourself because everyone's got different struggles. You don't know any you don't know everyone else's story. That's what I at least said, that's what I tell myself um, when I compare myself to others. And I'm you know every probably everyone around the world does the same thing is comparing and i think when i stopped doing that i'm like you know what i'm happy with what i've done you got to kind of you know take a deep breath and think like man i'm, I'm thankful like I'm, I'm doing good for myself and I'm, I'm doing the best that i can now I, i've listened to a lot of your content talking about like even just um you know work ethic is huge i think and when you're not working hard and not doing your best that can probably lead to um, you know, not being a happy person. What What are your thoughts on that in terms of like work ethic and doing the best that you can in your life? Yeah. So, when it comes to work ethic, I find that if you're
1: not, this comes. I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but I'm paid to be. I guess <laughs> um, if you're not tracking the different things in your life you're not tracking your income, you're not tracking your workouts, you're not tracking your journaling, you're not tracking your prayer and meditation, you're not tracking the time you spend with your family and your, your your friends. If you're not tracking, then you're you're not developing a record to see where are you slipping, where do you need help? And so you can just feel so overwhelmed, like, man, I don't know what I'm doing wrong or what I'm not doing right. And, and, and then you don't even know where to begin. when. When you start tracking, there's a there's a great quote that says, what you track improves. And it's true because you see the data and you can't deny the data. I, I, um, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I'm going to, that in the month of April, I only worked out one day. And I looked back at that because I had, I had tracked that I, I only worked out one day in the month of April. And I was like, holy cow, I thought I worked out at least seven to 10 days, but the brain will, it will do everything to try to not make you the bad guy. And like, there's this great book that I started. It's called uh, mistakes were made, but not by me. And it's all about self deception. And when you're not tracking something, it's easy to start deceiving yourself. And when you deceive yourself, then you can get off track tremendously. So I think for me, it's about tracking my progress. That's what helps with my work ethic because I can see like, oh, wow, I worked out 12 of the last 12 days. That's awesome. Or I can see, wow, like I I uh, have collected money on eight out of the last nine days for my business. So we're doing good. And like, if you can start to track things, that can develop your work ethic to get better and better. But if you're not tracking then you don't even know if you have a good work ethic and you don't even know where you need support.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. I, I haven't really thought about that. Actually track tracking my, um, even just personal activities, not just work. I tend to track, it seems like a lot of us track things that make us money and business and things like that, but you actually got to track the things that are probably even more important, important, right? Health, your, 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 your family. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So yeah. I
0: have, I have something oh, wow. that, uh, I'm gonna be
1: uh, making a product out of next year. And right now what I'm doing is I am spending the entire year of 2018 tracking every major important area of my life, uh, in business and in personal. And I'm collecting the data to show people that look at how my life got better when I improved these categories. And I'm building this whole system to show people how you can track it in a way that's fun. Because in the beginning, people are like, oh, I don't have the discipline to do that. And I'm like, no, no, here's the thing. You say you don't have the discipline to do that because you've never done it before. If you start doing it, it becomes really intoxicating. It's fun. It's really great. Like people love the metrics of their business, but it's really cool to know the metrics of your life. I score every single day at the end of the day what my overall mood 0 to 10 is and I can tell that on the days that I did more on my trackable list I Almost always have a better mood by the end of the day now. There are some exceptions but you know, I have noticed even trends in my month I can see the months that I'm have a lower average mood score it's because I did less of my trackable items. Wow,
0: that's awesome. And and you think like, even with a lot of the new technology trends coming out, I mean, you know, artificial intelligence, I'm sure you hear that, you know, it's the it's like the new the new word right now, the new uh, technology, but uh, even though it's been around for longer than a lot of people think, um, with AI, so you think with a lot of artificial intelligence will even, that will help with kind of you building that app, right, I would think getting that data. Yeah, well, because uh, artificial intelligence
1: and other different elements of technology, what'll be great is you can have a virtual coach and the virtual coach can find the data and say, look, the reason why you're not sleeping well, because I track my sleeping, the reason why you're not sleeping well, Sean, is because you didn't hydrate and you didn't exercise In the last four days so your body is struggling to try to repair itself with improper resources at night and that's why your uh, sleep is off and your sleep is off is why your mood is lower and the reason why your business is struggling because you're going in with a lower mood into your sales conversations you're not as inspiring you're not as excited you're not as motivated so therefore people aren't as drawn to you so therefore they don't want to work with you so your income is down because of this this and this so we got to get your hydration and we got to get your exercise back up sean and it
0: can all be done through ai and other means of technology No, absolutely and you always hear sean about at least for me uh i have a lot of friends that they're they're always so scared when you talk about ai they're so scared of it they're like oh it's going to take jobs and I'm like, guys, I'm like, listen, like, you know how many, how much value AI is going to have if, if the people that are building, build up, build these products that are actually going to help. And now if, if people, it always comes down to the people that are building the products and their motives and intentions behind it and so on. But that's kind of a different discussion. But with, uh, I mean, with a lot of AI coming out, I mean, there's all, you're all these amazing ideas that are going to provide so much value and helping people just like what you said, Sean, I love it. Cause before, when you were talking about kind of creating this, this um, like when you're talking about this uh, idea, I was thinking, man, you know, Sean needs to build like an application or something. That's awesome. It seems like you're building this product, so that's that's amazing, yep. man. Well, and let me
1: let me uh, comment and piggyback off of what you just said about people's fears of technology, like AI. Uh, the issue is throughout all forms of technology, throughout all of the human uh, species existence, there's been groups of people that have been afraid. Yeah. And that yeah. is common. Don't don't get me wrong, the first time somebody consciously made a spark and put it into kindling and built fire, tell me they weren't afraid. Tell me there wasn't a group of people that were like, this is gonna be used to burn people alive. A- and has fire been used to burn people alive? Yeah. But i think it's also been used to cook a lot of food i think it's also been used to keep a lot of people warm And so there's that, right? When you look at things like electricity, oh my God, people are gonna be able to use this to to electrocute us. And it's like, yeah, okay, we have had people get electrocuted in human history, but haven't we also had power grids that allowed amazing things to come about because of electronics? People will say, oh, the airplane, oh my goodness, this is gonna make such a difference because now people are just gonna be able to fly in and invade our country (laughs) without giving us warning. Yeah, have we had, Airplanes fly in and invade countries. Have we had bombs drop because of airplanes? Yes. However, haven't we had far more people been able to travel from one side of the world to the other to see their family and hold their grandchildren? Yeah, every single technology throughout human history has been used for bad, and yet the overwhelming, I believe, the overwhelming sense is that it's usually used for the good because I've met a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people I've met in person, i've met millions online through my work but i gotta say the majority of human beings want to do good want to help each other want to be loved and receive love and so i'm gonna always bet on that and does that mean that there's still gonna be problems of course look for years, Terminator Two was my favorite movie. <laughs> do I have a little, tiny little, you know, twinge at night? Maybe that, like, what if Judgment Day is coming and you know the uh, the droids are coming? Yeah, sure, that could happen, and I'm sure in aspects it might happen. But you know what? How can we ever advance as a society if we don't do anything because we're afraid of what could happen?
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think it's always, uh, you know, it's always a little scary sometimes when there's a big change in technology or change in general globally. But I, I think people are just going to adapt, and I think there's going to be a lot of great coming out of it. I I completely agree. And uh, some people I've even even interviewed on the podcast said said the exact same thing that it's going to uh, there's going to be a lot of amazing things happening. So that's that's awesome. And uh, do, you know, yeah. do, you, do you know what the number one fear a few hundred years ago? Uh, of
1: city planners, their number one fear was, we are going to have too much horse poop because the number of the population riding horses, there's gonna be so much horse poop, we're not gonna be able to remove all the horse poop. I'm gonna ask you, did you have any fear this morning about horse poop? (laughs) No. No, no, because it seems ridiculous, right? But yet hundreds of years ago when the only transportation was horseback, that was their number one fear. Crazy.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, I definitely don't think about, about that when I wake up. <laughs> um, so Sean, like to, to jump a little bit here. Um, so in regards to like, you know, you, you get to this point of success in your life and speaking around the world, inspiring lots of people, you know, you definitely went, I'm sure you, you went through a lot and, and overcoming adversity and living, you know, I, I think overcoming adversity, uh, is huge, at least for your business, because you know building a business, as you know, is is tough and it's a struggle. But the more you overcome adversity, you're you're closer to, to reaching your goals. At least for what I believe, um, it, perseverance plays a huge role. So, what did you? What were some of your kind of biggest challenges, not just in business but in personal life, other than anything physical? So, in business, you're asking? Yeah, business first. You can touch on personal if you'd like. Yeah, biggest challenges in business? Uh, figuring out
1: how to get my message out there. Um, you know, learning about how to develop the visibility. Um, but, you know, business and personal, the, the greatest challenge is always uh, getting myself to, to continue to stay on course and see the vision because the moment you start to, to worry like, well, why are they going to... Why are they gonna care about my speech or my book or my program any more than anybody else? And then that can kick on your insecurities and then you can wanna quit, right? So that's yeah. that's always a, a possible uh, reality that you're dealing with in business. Um, one of the challenges that I faced was people would look at me and they would assume that I could only uh, talk about what it's like to have a disability. and. Uh, kind of pigeonhole me into he's the disabled speaker he can only talk about disabilities and you know I remember I met with a bunch of producers to a for a television show that I I had years ago and they were like well I don't think we'll be able to pitch this to the network because uh, the only reason why you've been able to develop your success is because of your disability things have been handed to you. Wow. I was like holy shit are you do you really believe Mm. that do you think things were handed to me if anything i had to work harder because people had these preconceived notions of me when i when i uh worked to get my book published for three years i had three different literary agents and the literary agent takes your manuscript out and tries to sell it to the publisher and the first one quit because he was like look i've tried every single Publisher they all said no, then I I just gave up for a full year I thought it wasn't gonna happen then I met another literary agent. They're like, hey, I think I I think I can sell this Let me have a chance at this mm-hmm. so then I was like, okay I'll, I'll, I'll go back out there. You know, maybe I I just didn't have a good luck and then the second literary agent Quit because they were like I couldn't sell this and now I had two litter agents and all these publishers saying no one publisher said We don't think the general buying populace think we don't think that they'll be able to relate to a little man in a wheelchair. We think that that your material is not going to be relevant to them. And I'm like, holy shit, are you serious? You really believe that people can't relate to me? I'm a human being just because I happen to be in a container that's a little, you know shrunken down in comparison. That doesn't mean that people can't relate to me. Wow. So I, 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 I got discouraged, but I got back out there and and after the third year, third literary agent, finally really? a publisher said, we would love this. And what's hilarious, and my literary agent doesn't like me talking about this because she thinks it doesn't make us look as mm. saleable, but I don't care, <laughs> Is because people need to hear this, is the, the same publisher that turned us down for 2 years in a row was the same one that thought it was a brilliant idea and hired and took the bought the publishing rights just because it was a new person in that position and a new person was able to see the angle and see the value and let me tell you we've had that book now in uh, print for going on 10 years it's in 12 different languages it's an international best-selling book and yet it got turned down all those times all those people and it was so easy for me to want to say you know what i can't do this they're right nobody's going to be able to relate to a little man in a wheelchair Uh, and and yet i just kept going you know a big part of success is just keep going like I mentioned, like more perseverance,
0: more right? perseverance,
1: right? Absolutely, and it's not sexy. Look, that's why my literary agent begs me not to tell the story, because they're like, "Sean, when you know what happens when we want to do another big deal, and they, and the, everybody hears that you got turned down." I'm like, "So what? You know what? Like, I want to. I want the kind of person that can handle the authenticity of the truth." Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: I, I mean, for me, I, I, I don't know how people geez, don't, think, I, that don't how sexy. How people think, think that is. I think it is sexy because it, it just shows like you don't quit. It's a, it's a, you have a fight. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you don't have to be a Kardashian or a Justin Bieber to be, to, to, to have influence. Like what you did was, I mean, for one thing, is I don't understand how people could be so cruel and say those kinds of things it's it's unbelievable i i mean it's just i oh man it's it's crazy how people can be like that i just don't understand it but wow
1: so here, here's something i wrote in my journal and it and it's a very uh vulnerable for me to share it but you know the internal dialogue inside of all of us can be very negative at times and and i believe that if we talk to our friends the way we often talk to ourselves we wouldn't have any friends yeah this is why i consciously work hard at saying good things to myself i just recently wrote this journal entry and i was going through a a a time where i was like man i i I want a good boost so i wrote down some of the things that i needed to acknowledge in myself and it's going to sound braggadocious but it's with an intent of i'm really proud of these areas of my life i do you care if i share absolutely no go ahead yeah so i i said uh sean you um well i said he meaning myself he manifests things magically he believes in the big picture but is also willing to look at the little details he puts efforts into his friendships he never gives up on himself He is a skilled comedian and speaker he shares his vulnerabilities with the world he is open to radically forgiving himself and others he really has great consideration for other people's feelings and his own he does the internal work and is willing to face his shadow and you know if all of us had to journal every single thing in our lives that we are proud of and then read that we wouldn't need as many pharmaceuticals and as many therapists and as many of these things in the self help world that I'm a part of. You know, I, I personally believe that most of my clients wouldn't need me if they just did this one simple thing write their feelings, their thoughts, their fears, their desires in their journal every single day. Get them out of your head, get them down on paper and then review them and learn from yourself. Learning from yourself is huge, because you have to see where have you been stuck? Where have you been deceiving yourself? Where have you been afraid?
0: Wow. Yeah, I love it. Love it. It's. Uh, I, I think it helps a lot when you write things down, doesn't it? It's like it's like it, it triggers a, a part of the brain, and you actually—it seems like you follow through with a lot of things that you write down. Um, yeah, because thoughts are invisible,
1: right? Right. Thought—you can have a thought, a belief is invisible. But when you start to write it down, sometimes people don't have the the, the conscious courage to do this. But it would heal them so greatly. Is admit where you are hard on yourself and what you believe about yourself. And first you have to just get it out on paper and say like, holy shit, like I believe that I'm worthless. I believe that I'm not good. But then you have to balance it out and say, well, what else do I believe that's the opposite of this? Aren't there days where I believe I'm unstoppable? Aren't there days where I believe that I am capable of things beyond my own uh, imagination, uh, power, you know? Like when when you're writing things down and you see it in black and white, you can't deny it anymore.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's true. Yeah, that's that's great stuff, man. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helps me when I write things down uh, for sure. And if you hear a lot of the most successful CEOs, they're still writing. They're still writing stuff down. They don't even have their their secretaries and their executive assistants write a lot of the tasks. They still write themselves, and and they just. They follow it every day. Um, yeah, but I, think I mean, it's important to do the personal. Like what you said, it's not just business. More important is your personal because your, your the personal stuff affects your business. Absolutely. You know, nobody can do
1: your push ups for you, nobody can do the journaling, internal work. Nobody can love your children the way you can love your children. Like you have to do certain things, you can't outsource everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a question actually that I, I didn't have planned to ask this, and I, I it kind of came to me. But when before we talked a little bit about you know living a, a purpose driven life and being happy, do you think Sean that those are connected, or do you think they kind of serve different purposes?
1: Um, I think you could be happy and not necessarily on your purpose, and I think you could be on your purpose and not necessarily happy. I I see purpose as more fuel to get you out of bed but I know a lot of people that are very purpose driven but right. they're not taking they're not taking great care of themselves you know I, I, I look at it this way I'll, I'll tell you my unstoppable formula yeah three there yeah. are three parts number one you have to have impeccable self-care impeccable self-care that's what we've been talking about this through this whole interview about tracking your personal and professional areas so you got to have impeccable mm-hmm. self care so that you can overcome your insecurities. The second thing is you have to be aligned with your life purpose is what you're talking about. And when you're aligned with your life purpose, you get God's caffeine, you get a, a bolt of electricity that gets you out of bed to go after doing something bigger than you in your right. life. But then the third and final stage, if, if you do those first two, that's still not enough, the last one is your environment, the environment that you keep if you are not keeping an incredibly empowering environment you're going to fail you're going to and i don't mean fail like not hit the mark you're going to be in pain and suffer and and have to go uphill and hurt through the whole existence your environment is based on how who you hang out with who you seek to to get advice from what books and music you're listening to, where you live, how you keep your living in professional space. Your environment is so critical because you are absorbing it every single day. When you're in the environment, you become the environment. You wanna be mega wealthy? You need to not hang out with broke people. You wanna be super healthy? You can't hang out with people who are out of shape. You wanna be super spiritual and connected, enlightened? You can't hang out with people that complain and chronically uh, pick people apart and, and are defensive you have to get the environment right first it's like getting into a bathtub that is filled with mud and thinking you're gonna come out clean it ain't gonna happen you (laughs) need you need to have an environment that empowers you if you can do those three things i think happiness is inevitable you really are who you hang out with you're more than that. You're you who you hang. You you are who you hang out with. You are who you look up to. You are so much of your environment. And and look, willpower, as my good buddy Ben Hardy says in his book, willpower doesn't work. And it's true because willpower doesn't last. It's a volatile fuel that burns quickly and runs out fast. You want a sustainable sense of energy in your life and that's gonna be far more than just trying to will yourself it's about setting yourself up to win as my mentor Eben Pagan says you need planned inevitability where your whole life is set up so that if you just do what you have set up you will eventually it's inevitable get what you want you know if you schedule things in a way that you can't back out You throw your
0: hat over the fence. There's no going back. Yeah. And are you, so you're very, it seems Sean that you're incredibly, uh, if I'm correct here, self-aware. Is that right? See, you're very self-aware. So if you feel that you're, you enter a room um, that you can kind of feel the negative energy, do you you ever get that? Or is that just me? I feel like when I enter a room sometimes, uh, I, I, I can feel like all right I shouldn't be here I, I, I don't feel good here like I, I just the way people are talking around me and I just don't feel maybe they're not like me or maybe is it do you feel that's like your spirit that's your that's your senses do you uh, agree with that as well well there's
1: two there's two answers to that that come up for me one is I've certainly had moments where I felt that absolutely mm-hmm. um, but then the, the and that's where when you're in the environment you become the environment because uh, it takes um, it takes a lot of energy to shift a room of people. And there's this thing called entrainment that I learned from Mindy, my wife. And that is that when you have like a wall full of cuckoo clocks, right, with the pendulum, um, the, do you know that they eventually will all go into unison? They will all go into... And train that they will all go into the same swing of pendulum but here's what's fascinating is that they will all go into unison to whatever pendulum swung the strongest and so I do believe that we can have powerful influence over the rooms we go into and if we are willing to muster up the energy To be the most positive person in that room and we can maintain that the longest Then the others can follow suit, but here's the issue with that you only have so much energy and Do you want to spend all of your energy? Trying to get everyone around you that doesn't want to be happy to be happy with you when you might have tons of people on this planet who are begging and pleading for your support and help that you're ignoring, that would love to swing a positive pendulum with you, but you're ignoring them because you keep fixating on that one or five people that are negative, that you think you're gonna be the entrainment, you're gonna be the strongest pendulum. You know, there is both of those sides to it. It's like, yes, you can influence people and you can be the strongest positive influence in the room, but you only have so much energy and you have to ask yourself, is it worth the Mm -hmm. expenditure of the energy? You know, I, I love the motto of the Coast Guard. And to the best of my abilities, this is what I believe to be true, is the Coast Guard has a motto that when they come upon a shipwreck and they only have so many seats and so much energy to get people out of the water, they have to choose who is going to live and die. And that is a horrible horrible experience but the, yeah. the way they go about their selection process is they save the ones who swim toward
0: them interesting well, I, I didn't they, know that
1: they can't spend their energy saving those who aren't swimming toward them but are swimming away or don't want to swim at all and and that's why like, it's a great metaphor, whether it's hundred percent verified true, but what I love about the metaphor is you can only support those in your life that are swimming toward you. That aren't just saying they want your help, that are showing they want your help, they're doing the things that you're telling them to do. I, I hear this a lot where people are like, no, eh, I want to be in shape. I want more money. I want love. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then do this, this, and this, and they're like. No, but I I don't want to do that. I just, I, just, I just want the outcome. I don't want to take the steps. I don't want to swim. I don't yeah. want I don't want to have to do the work. Well, if you're not willing to
0: swim to me, I can't help you. Man, I'm gonna, I I I want to use that uh is there like a book written about that or something? I want to use that. So, I heard it I heard it in a movie once and I was
1: so moved by it. Um, that I was like, man, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's such a powerful metaphor that yeah. the metaphor itself is gorgeous.
0: Yeah, it just shows you a lot of people they want all these things, but they're not willing to make the sacrifice. They're not willing to put in the work. You get a lot, and I hate to say this because I I've, I've helped a you know a lot of startups in my company with build apps and all this kind of things for for startups, and I've noticed a lot of them they. they want, they, they have these high expectations. They have this instant gratification. They want results quickly, 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 but they don't want to put in the work. They don't want to make the sacrifices. I'm like, guys, you got to, you got to put in, it's not about putting in, you know, 10, 15, 16 hours a day, but you got to be putting in the work. You got to, you just, it's just what it takes.
1: Well, I think you, know? you have to also make it fun because, absolutely, because if something's not fun to me, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I got to make it fun. I got to turn it into a, that's what they talk about gamification. It's mm-hmm. the gamification the way I perceive it is making, you know, mundane tasks, enjoyable and fun because you see progress.
0: Right. Right. So Sean, you know, you've spoken around the world. I've heard a lot of your Ted talks and, um, and there was a, one that was really famous is the, um, what was the one in prison? Uh, prison of the mind. Yep. Yeah. I love that one. That was, that was awesome. And that was in such a, in front of such a large audience. Like what do you do for you speaking around the world, all these big events, like what do you do? What does it take for you to engage with the audience on such an emotional level? Because, and this kind of goes back to the previous question, right? In terms of you get this energy from people and, and you, feel the environment. Do you, you're very choosy of the events that you go to because you, you want to make sure that you have a connection with the audience or do you connect with them there?
1: Well, if there's humans in the room, I know I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so uh, <laughs> whether I'm speaking at a maximum security prison or I'm speaking to a high school, uh, sometimes you can't tell the difference. Um, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter where you go. Uh, you have to prepare yourself energetically before you go in there. And so I usually, I spend a lot of time preparing my mind and my heart for the, the issues that are going to be invisible that are in the room. The person that has been hurt, uh, the person that is dealing with uh, emotional scar tissue, you know, things that are, you know, I, I visualize the different types of pain that could be present in my audience. And I visualize connecting to their pain and, and being a beacon of light to hopefully have them move away from that and go toward a healing set of beliefs and behaviors. And so it, it, it's taken years for me to develop that stage presence that when I take the stage, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I know that if there's humans listening I'm going to hopefully be a beacon that they are are going to be willing to swim toward. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you ever get nervous before you talk? Um,
1: I don't get nervous in the way most people refer to public speaking nerves. Uh, I sometimes will get overwhelmed because I have so many things that I might want to achieve while I'm up on that stage. So many different stories that I might want to tell or points that I want to mm. come across. And then I it, the, the, my anxious energy sometimes comes from paring down, because what am I not gonna say, right? Because there's so much that All I right. want to cover so much ground, I don't get nervous of like, well, what if I make a mistake? Or what if they don't like me? Like those those, you know, we've been doing I've been doing this for 23 years. So those days are behind me. Sometimes I'll get a little nervous. If I'm speaking at an event. And the Uh, event host is like a really good friend of mine and I want to do a phenomenal job because I don't want to let my friend down sometimes I'll get a little bit of nerves with that but the majority of the time nerves don't show up anymore in my life on stage
0: yeah so just through a lot of experience so when you when you did start speaking though I'm sure you got you know, pretty nervous. When I speak sometimes, it's like a weird thing. I don't get nervous because I don't feel confident. It's just that I feel nervous just because I guess I put the pressure on myself. I don't want to mess up and things like that. But as long as I know the content and I'm passionate about it, I'm fine. It's more like an adrenaline type thing.
1: Yeah. When I was younger, I really didn't have even that much stage fright or fear of public speaking because I felt my internal belief was being three feet tall and in a wheelchair I had been stared at my whole life. I felt like I was always on stage. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. I would go to the mall or to the grocery store and be stared at. So my mentality was it's about time I start getting paid for it, you know? And and so for me, (laughs) for me I didn't experience that much nerves around
0: speaking. Yeah. And I'm sure that played a, a big role in, you know, in, in, uh, building your personal brand right i mean you're I mean, you're well known on on social media i mean you have a lot of followers and and you know just a huge community of, of people around the world that follow you so i'm sure the speaking helped you did you have like a certain like approach Sean, or, or a business strategy that that you had to Im- implement and execute in order for you to, to build your personal brand or you think it was through just years and years of consistent um just consistent messages and content or was it were you? Were you think it was that you were unique in a sense, or you think what you have a specific strategy that anyone could kind of follow? Well, to to out myself,
1: I've never been one in the past. I I've started it uh, later in life as I've gotten older. But when I started, I didn't I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, I I was I was not business savvy. I was not raised by entrepreneurs. I. Until this year, I don't think I could ever spell entrepreneur. So like we're making progress, but I can say that I didn't really have a specific strategy or system, but I did have a calling and the calling was I need to get out in front of as many people as possible while I'm here on this planet. And I want to be an example to them of what's possible with their own life. And so I was, I was constantly moving forward to say, well, what, what groups, what, uh, what areas. And then when the internet got popular, you know, cause when I started there, the internet didn't exist really. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. 23 years ago, it probably started, uh, just amongst the military and, and government and stuff, but it really didn't get popular. I don't think with social media and everything until maybe like the last 10 to 15 years, um, and. I really latched on to YouTube and Facebook because I knew it was a way for me to show up in front of a camera and be broadcasted with no filters in between, no network telling me what I needed to say, no producer or director or advertiser telling me how I needed to do it. I could go straight to direct to the consumer of the information. And I loved that. And I've always loved how never before in our history have we been able to get rid of all the middle people telling us what to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems like you got in early with, like you said, YouTube and Facebook and just really leveraged the platforms. And And, and you found that video probably helped you a lot. Or was it just, like I said before, was it, was it just that you had this unique story and people just engaged with it and they related it to it. Or you think, I mean, I was just wondering if there's a specific with influencers such as yourself with such a big community of, of followers around the world, is there like a certain process to follow? Or you think it's just a lot of it is just consistency trial and error. Yeah, I would say you said it right, right then consistency,
1: because when people see my videos and they'll see the, the viral ones, the ones that like, like my ted talk has like 3.1 million views uh i have a Crazy. video of me holding up post-it notes that have been seen by 71 no about 70.2 million people um right you know these videos that i probably have over a dozen videos that have over a million views and you see all those and go oh wow 70 million 3 million, 10 million. and you don't see the hundreds of videos that have like a hundred following or uh, viewing 5,000 viewing, 10,000, you know, 600. Like you didn't see that I had to put out tons and tons and tons and tons of content to have those finally catch on. You know, it's like when you, when you see somebody and they have the trappings of success, they have all the things that, that are sexy. And, and you go, oh, man, I'd love to have that. But are you willing to do? Like, I love, um, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk has this video that I saw a couple years ago. And he's like, you know, everybody loves how, how popular I am now. But do you realize when I put out my Wine Library TV videos, uh, <laughs> Yes. I was just. Yeah, he's like, I did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And nobody... I mean, people thought I was crazy because they'd have like five views, 20 views, 100 views. And, you know, now Gary puts out a book and it becomes a bestseller the first day it hits the market. Oh, but, wow. and, and that's awesome because he he laid the groundwork. He built up the consistency. It's no different. When you see somebody in great shape and they have bulging muscles and very cut, defined physique, they didn't just work out this morning. They've been doing it consistently. Oh, no. When you see a great marriage and you see a couple happily in love and, 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 in great communication, they didn't just meet today. They had worked through difficult times. When you see a business and it's humming, it didn't open this morning, you know? And so you have to be willing to get excited about the consistency of it. And let me tell you, I have, so much more to go there's so many things that i am not doing that need to be done that i am in pursuit of but i can tell you that i'm a work in progress everybody is a work in progress
0: yeah 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 that's that's great i i, I was just gonna say about the uh, gary gary vandercheck because I, I i mean he's um I, I definitely follow him and he's awesome i love his stuff and uh, he talks about – same thing, just like what you said. He uh, talks about he's popular now, but people didn't see the hundreds and hundreds of videos for years. And a lot of them got just – some of them – I think he even said he was making fun of himself. He's like, yeah, one of them got like like 50 views or something. It's crazy. He's like, But it just – he stuck with it. You got to really enjoy the journey, not just look at the destination. I mean the, is there really a destination? If you want – if you have a destination, there's going to be another destination. So you might as well, like you said – do something that you love, um, be passionate about it, and and try to have have the right motive for what you're doing. Don't don't just do it to make money. Do it to to provide value to help others. Uh, at least that's what I believe. You know, and I feel like you're gonna you're gonna live a a pretty pretty decently good Absolutely. life. And I think and that's why I'm grateful that
1: podcasts like yours exist and that you you bring people out in front of your audience because it's just about hearing things over and over and over until they become part of your being. And so I'm grateful for being able to be on this program. So thank you.
0: No, absolutely. And you know, what's crazy, man, is that one guy, so I I do a lot of salsa dancing and one guy said to me, he said, so this is before I started the podcast, I was like planning stages. And he said, you know, Mike, I don't know. He's like, it's too cluttered podcast. He's like, is yours really gonna, you think yours is gonna, you're gonna get a lot of views. It's gonna be successful. I was like, man, I said I'm gonna do it anyways because I wanna do it. I'm I'm not <laughs> you know, like I'm not looking to get thousands of downloads because I know that takes time. I have the real I have realistic expectations. I love the journey. I'm blessed to be able to interview people like you. You're episode seventeen for Crying Out Loud. Um, you know, and, and it's it's an honor to have people like you on here to share raw, honest, real content. And I know with even if this reaches a few hundred people, hey, I can sleep at night. Absolutely. So, so thank you for having me on, bud. Absolutely. Um, so just to kind of close things out, just last three uh, final question. I think you're, you're, um, you probably need to go soon, right? I do. Okay. Um, how would you define the, is I call it called the three hows, Sean. So how would you define failure, entrepreneurship, and success in the quickest way possible? Uh, failure is giving up and
1: not getting back up. Entrepreneurship is about uh, taking an idea of uh, that's burning from within that you know is going to better the world, and seeing to it that it gets completed and put into the marketplace, and that you create value for others in exchange for their money. And what was the last one? Success. 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 Uh, I think success is fulfillment. It's about uh, doing things that make you happy, but also are sustainably making you better.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Good, Sounds good, man. I really appreciate it. Where can everyone find you, Sean? Uh, they can
1: go to seanstevenson.com. Uh, if they want
0: to check out my podcast,
1: they can go to the seanstevensonshow.com. Uh, they can find me on social media and they, they just type my name into Google. You'll have lots of options. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. Sean, thank you again so much. I'm humbled. I'm honored. Thank you again. And everyone, this is Michael Giorgio, your host from Tales from the Pros. Thanks, buddy.